hey guys welcome back to what's up grimes my name is jen and i'm sitting here with mk hey mk hello so it's post christmas yes so nothing better than an elon episode <laughs> here it is <laughs> the, the much anticipated episode let's do this but first grimes news what's going <sighs> on yes uh we recently saw grimes there's been a Grimes sighting uh, at the Palladium magazine event recently, she I, it was a cute outfit, but do you think it was appropriate for the dress code of the event? Not at all, which tells me that she's a poor planner. How did you not know that there was a red carpet? I don't know. Somebody's going to fight me on it, but it just looks so out of place. Everybody else was in their gowns and then there's Claire with her goldfish bag. MK and I think it looks like a goldfish that like you, <laughs> you take home with you. She's like cradling it. Mendocino Farms is... The, is the best sandwich restaurant in California. If you have not been, it is delicious. I have not had the Vietnamese banh mi, but every other sandwich I've tried from there is amazing. So maybe it's arm candy appropriate for a red carpet. I don't know. Whatever the case, it was very Grimes. I could could be wrong, but it looks like she's wearing less makeup. Yes. And it looks more fresh-faced. I think it it's from certain angles, it looks really natural. Yeah. Um, and I mean, she looks, she does look like herself, so I don't want to say that she doesn't, but yeah, it was nice to see her. It was nice to see her. It was good to see some pictures. It was good to see Grimes being classic Grimes, other than I got to meme a picture of her looking totally miserable sitting in that like <laughs> tent area. That was good. <laughs> so that wow. happened. And then there's been some controversy on the Reddit forums recently. So the Reddits, if you have not been keeping up couple weeks ago had basically a blow up on the main grime subreddit split into basically two groups so now we have one grime subreddit and we have another one that's kind of more geared towards criticism there's a whole group now yeah wow so there's the grime subreddit and then there's the grimes the way she spells it on twitter subreddit and i'm on both mm -hmm. and i've been on both for a couple weeks watching and so it just looks like the people who were fed up with what's going on with Grimes right now went to this new subreddit, which I think is more of a hate subreddit. I can't tell. Ah, oh, jeez. So that's the latest drama there. Grimes shirts finally started shipping a couple weeks ago. I got the notification mm -hmm. that mine was shipping and then it didn't arrive for forever. And now it's here. I'm wearing it. Yay. The new Vision shirt. Gorgeous. It has the Grimes dragon logo. I, got, I don't know what you call it on the back. The fairy logo on the back. Oh, yeah. Looks cute. It's really good quality. I remember when I got the crop top. Um, same thing. Really good quality. Took forever to ship. There's no returns, y'all. So if you get it and you don't like it, just so you know. Frame it. <laughs> frame it. Like You're stuck with it unless there's a defect. <laughs> but I didn't want to return mine. Looks really good. Also, AI art. Did you see this start popping up? on Instagram over the last couple weeks or Twitter or whatever. Yes, I have. It's kind of controversial. I think some of it's really beautiful, but what does it mean, you know, for art going forward? I, I can see why it's opening a can of worms that way. Yeah. And so Grimes responded on December 5th to someone named Curio who said, I just don't understand what people think they're accomplishing by telling me I'm not an artist. Like, do you think I'm just going to roll over and be like, okay, what's your end game here? And for backstory, Curio is an AI artist. 
Grimes responded saying, I think people are realizing we're about to witness possibly the greatest unemployment event like ever and are understandably upset and emotional. It's not AI artists fault, but I think it's fair to be patient with people whose entire life training just exploded into dust. I think that's fair. Fair. Absolutely fair. And it's going to spill over into other areas like they talked about on the Lex Friedman podcast. AI is kind of, you know, it's it's going to infiltrate pretty much every industry. We had on the author Nathan Green a couple weeks ago who was talking about AI and how that's going to impact our employment rates. And of course, what's going to happen is that everybody's going to be replaced. And so what do people do for jobs anymore? That's scary. It is scary. And it's coming. I mean, it's yeah. already started. You see it. I've seen it in grocery stores for the past decade. Mm-hmm. You know, the self-checkout has kind of taken over in a lot of capacities. There's very few grocery stores I even go to at this point that don't have them. MK, are you a Target person or a Walmart person? Depends. There's certain things that I like from Target and there's certain things I like from Walmart. But yeah, I like self-checkout. I'm very poor. (laughs) So the way that I like to operate is Walmart. So I only go to Walmart. And what's happened at my Walmart is there's like two checkout lanes open with checkers and everything else is self-checkout. It's chaos so you wait in this line of self-checkout that can wrap around an aisle and then of course everybody like there's one walmart employee that has to help because of course there's all these items that you actually need help with or your worst fear when something doesn't scan and you're like looking around awkwardly and the walmart employee walks up and gives you a annoyed look and scans it for you (laughs) that happens to me all the time (laughs) me too the only thing i get at target is baby wipes because they suck at walmart do they? So, mm-hmm. They just like rip apart. I've recently started switching from brand name to Walmart brands, and mm-hmm. I have been testing this out. Their paper towels suck. Their mm-hmm. toilet paper, surprisingly good. This may be a controversial statement, but I barely use toilet paper. <laughs> Do you have a bidet? No, but I want one. I, I use wipes, like flushable oh, yeah, wipes. Yeah, yeah. I don't always flush them because I, I understand you're going to, they, they're not actually flushable, but it's so much better. Like once you get to that point, you're like, I'm not going to turn back. I wanted to get on board this train. Yeah. It's how do you deal with the feeling of it still being wet down there once you've wiped with a wipe? Very good point. This is a trick I have. I leave the top open so the top half of it is a little dry and then use the wet part and then go to the dry part. I like it. So I got a method. I like it. I totally agree because otherwise what happens, everybody knows, is when you have a situation, you use like a whole roll of toilet paper. I was one of those people. Well, and I think the pandemic yeah. did it even more where I was like scared there was no toilet paper. Yeah. Like literally none. So, and we always had, you know, my my youngest son, as everybody knows, he's he's nonverbal autistic. So he still goes number two in a diaper. So we mm-hmm. need wipes. Mm-hmm. So we just had them and I've used them for a while. I was using them as makeup wipes, but don't do mm-hmm. that because it dries out your skin. I recently converted to the cream that just takes your makeup off. Mm-hmm. That's a game changer. But yes, we're a wipe family. We're talking about Elon Musk, and now we're talking about wipes. <laughs> and Kate and I have it like, too. Let's talk about Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> Grimes trended on Twitter about two Friday nights ago. Let's talk about why. 
So this all begins with Elon disabling the Elon Jet account this week, stating any account doxing real-time information of anyone will be suspended as it is a physical safety violation. Musk posted that to Twitter two Wednesday nights ago. He says this includes posting links to sites with real-time location information. That came from an incident in which a car carrying X, baby X, was followed by a crazy stalker thinking it was Elon, who later blocked the car from moving and climbed up onto the hood. Grimes tweeted about this too. She says, our children were targeted, aggressive pursuit with babies in the car. Please, I just want this to stop. Terrifying, MK. Totally scary. I mean, babies in the car, does that mean Y was in the car too? Or is it just X? They were both that's, in the car? That's what I've read. And there's controversy about why Elon just mentioned X and not Y. I'm wondering if it's because X is more public and they're trying to keep Y more private. Regardless, it was both of them. Do we know if Grimes was in the car too? Or is it just the kids and whoever was nannies I, or staff? I have no idea. You and I were talking about it. I think this is why we haven't seen Grimes online recently, almost at all, until really yesterday, which was the 28th of December. Yep. And that, what was the date of the Palladium magazine? Was that like at least two days ago? It was this week. It was this week. So this is her first, seemingly first public event since this happened. Yeah, because she's been really MIA on Twitter. She'll like some of her friend's stuff and comment on it. She's been really MIA. I think this likely might be why. Yeah. What would you do if this was happening to you and your babies were targeted? Somebody's climbing on the car for God knows what re reason, taking pictures, trying to grab them. It's a nightmare and I would quit my career, which I know sounds like very, oh yeah, okay, that's the best case scenario that you could just quit your career and walk away from being famous, I would stop. I would delete all of my socials because I would panic. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying Grimes is a bad parent or wrong for not doing this. I would absolutely panic. But I think maybe she's just used to it and they have security. So maybe it's she just continues doing what she's doing. What would you do? Because you are a parent. You know, it's a tough one. I think maybe I would do what she's doing. Try not to panic fully. Yeah. But I'm sure she has all sorts of people around her saying, don't quit just take a break you can always take a break take a step back and she's utilized that method quite a bit not just regarding this but in general with overwhelming times she's had health issues she's had over the past year she just goes quiet takes a break i hope she's actually taking a break though and unplugging and not just going on burner accounts and doing that because i don't think that's a healthy approach Part of me thinks she knows the train wreck was coming, not even talking about the stalker with Elon, that's that's totally different, but that Twitter would absolutely blow up, which we'll get into here in a minute. I think she saw that coming based on what she said in the Lex Friedman podcast, because I remember at the time listening to that and thinking, why is she being so careful about what she says? And she clearly looks like she knows it's about to be a total storm. Oh, yeah. I think some media training has sunk in at this point with her Same. where she knew to be very political with her response on it to in solidarity to the children. It's not just to Elon. Everybody always thinks she's quiet based on Elon. Like this is the father of her children and she doesn't want to say something out of turn that's on the Internet forever for her children to see. There's a reason why she's very careful. Right. I was proud of her for that statement. I thought she did a really good job with that statement. It's unlike C to be so diplomatic. Like you said, I think something sunk in and I think she probably felt really comfortable with Lex. 
Lex and Elon seem to be buddies. If you're on Twitter, you can see that Lex and Elon seem to be friends. So maybe she just felt more comfortable. Back to the narrative of the Elon Jet. I followed Elon Jet for probably a year because this makes me sound insane. The reason why I followed it was because at the time, C and Elon were traveling together to SNL. And I would see where the jet went to see where they were at the time, which is creepy. It, you actually were the one that told me about this. And I thought it was cool. I didn't see it as creepy at first. But given the current circumstances and just putting things in perspective, it is a little creepy. <laughs> it's creepy to me looking back. I think because it, Claire is very careful about giving out any information, which again, now we understand why. Yeah. At the time, Met Gala was going on. And so it was like, oh, their their jet took off and it's going to, to New York. So that means that She's going to be at Met Gala. Anyway, that was exciting. This narrative about Elon Jet took a weirder turn later in the week when Elon went a step further and suspended the accounts of a number of journalists, apparently because they had written about Elon Jet. Elon Jet is run by Jack Sweeney. He's 20 years old. He's a sophomore at the University of Central Florida. He originally wanted to map the flights of Musk's private jet, thinking it'd be cool to track how Musk managed his business empire. Sweeney shared publicly available information about Musk's flights, not his family members or his cars. So that's why I found Elon Jet not creepy, because that's publicly available information. Yeah, and I didn't realize he was 20 years old, a college kid. So it doesn't sound like he has had any nefarious intentions. Yeah, and I've been following this saga for probably the last year. I remember when Jack tweeted about how Musk offered him $5,000 to buy the Elon Jet account. The website protocol reported this in January, but the two men couldn't come to a deal after Sweeney countered with an asking price of $50,000. Musk had him. That's what I said. I was like, <laughs> $5,000? I would Nothing. not have taken that either. I would have been like, no, screw you. This 50000 I would have been like, great, here you go. Like, <laughs> like, I'm getting through college now. Bye. Musk had opened their exchange asking, can you take this down? It is a security risk. Per yeah. Forbes, in addition to following Musk's movements, trackers like Elon Jet also provide a sort of gauge for hypocrisy. Private jet flights are among the most significant offenders when it comes to carbon emissions on a per-person basis. Musk can erase a chunk of gains in terms of potential carbon output that Tesla has reduced and that the U.S. taxpayers invested in by taking a single 10-minute flight from Starbase to Austin. For those of you at home, that's the same state. Him taking a private jet is he needs that security as oh. opposed to getting on a commercial flight, sitting even in first class, you know, even if he was in the best possible seat on a regular flight, that could be a scary situation for him. I totally agree yeah. with that statement. Also, I've read Elon's comments on this previously about having a private jet and it's not just a security issue it's this is my job if you look at elon jet's tracker he flies multiple times a day most of the time to get between the places he needs to go to do his business to produce cars that help our environment so i know that sounds crazy i don't think it's hypocritical for him to have a private jet it helps him do no. his job yeah i agree so no. I see what the hypocrisy is like I see it obviously it's it's evident but if it's allowing him to run these multiple companies and somewhat multitask I don't believe in that word I don't think that's possible but no. he seems like if there's anybody that can do it he seems to be multitasking I totally agree so I don't find this hypocritical I absolutely understand the point Forbes is giving us here 
Per Washington Post, Jack Sweeney, who runs the Elon Jet account, said two Wednesdays ago he was working to assure the accounts remained active on other platforms. If you me, I went to Reddit immediately and saw that they had created the Elon Jet subreddit, joined that. It still gives real-time information. Elon can't do anything about it. So then I just started tracking the Jet on the Reddit forum. It's still real-time and it's on other platforms as well, including a Twitter competitor, Mastodon. Do you know what that is? No. I feel dumb. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a new social media platform? My husband talked about it a little bit that when Elon took over Twitter, people have been saying that they're going to move to Mastodon, which I don't know what it is. I know it's an alternative platform similar to Twitter. That's all I know about it. I think, MK, this shows our age. Because yeah. if or we lack were, of like, care. Or lack of... <laughs> we have adult jobs and they've been running our lives. <laughs> Because I just didn't even, I didn't bother to look into this either. I was like, eh. Well, I mean, did it take off? I mean, I don't think a lot of people actually went to it either. You know, I could be wrong, but didn't take over. It's not like in a direct competitor with Twitter. We don't no. hear constant news stories about it. The Washington Post ended this article talking about how Jack Sweeney said that based on all that's happened, it's led him to question his original enthusiasm about Musk's business genius. He says, quote, there's a little side of him that seems like he can't stand some people. And I think he's just had enough. He said every move he's making is giving him worse PR, which was a really nice way to say what I would have said would have been like, screw him. I'm done with him. I'm now going to make his life hell by trying to open up as many accounts on other social media platforms as possible. Jack didn't say that. And for a 20 year old, that seems pretty diplomatic. I'm sure he had an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I hope. Uh, maybe he's a pre-law student. Who knows? That's a bummer. You know, we kind of feel like that in a lot of ways, especially you as a fan of Grimes. We do this out of our love and appreciation for her. And that's kind of where Sweeney was coming from with Musk. To have somebody do this, w whether the circumstances are legitimate or not, it it kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth as a fan. Absolutely. This would hurt me personally. I take everything personal, but you know, mm -hmm. this would hurt me personally, even though I get where Elon's coming from. Yeah. And I'm sure I would overreact if it was my kids or I had somebody meeting me at the airport knowing where I was going. Again, it's public information. He just made it easier to access. Also, again, I, I, I would say at this point, man, this really hurt me. I'm out. I don't really want to be a fan anymore. Yeah. Speaking of the stalker issue, not to divert too much but i think it, from what i read i can't remember the exact source but it said something about the stalker thinking that grimes was talking to him through her social media posts i mean it's almost like manson having manson type people come after you because they think you're like the highest class of people you know like you're they're coming they're targeting yeah so mk were you on the metaverse server when the metaverse server existed on discord I attempted to be, but not full-blown. I mean, I, I heard the DJ set. I didn't really participate in chats because I really didn't understand how it worked at that point. Discord. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, let's just say that it was a haven for her stalkers at the time. And then stalkers would frequently find her fan accounts. If you are a Grimes fan account and listening to this right now, you know what I'm talking about. They find us, they message us, they say creepy things until we block them. So we had group chats that would go on talking about, hey, so-and-so's handle 
is definitely one of Claire's stalkers or they're severely mentally ill to where they're having delusions or both and you need to block them. How crazy is that? By the way, that has stopped, at least on my page, for the last six months. Maybe because she's not as relevant like as, as out there in social media. I don't know. Yeah. Can you give an example of the kind of message you would get? A lot of times people would think that I actually was Claire. Right. Because I had Grimes in my name. And again, I think the majority of these people are either very high or severely mentally ill. And so I would get messages of people talking about what they wanted to do to me and thinking that they were conversing with Claire. So obviously I would get these messages and just block them right away. Other fan pages were getting the same thing. So that's just a blip of what she gets. I can't imagine. Just a little taste of what she gets. That's terrifying terrifying and i can't imagine when she was on metaverse and she could converse with people on the main chat i know they had moderators obviously but i wouldn't even want to do that if i was her because you don't know who's in the chat okay last thing i'll say about the recent news elon restored the accounts of journalists he suspended two thursdays ago after posting a poll on his social media platform about whether or not he should bring them back Two Saturday mornings ago, Musk tweeted, the people have spoken, accounts who doxed my location will have their suspension lifted now. Elon Jack came back to Twitter. It's just delayed by, I think, 24 hours, so they're back. Also, recently, Elon polled people about whether they wanted him to step down. People, of course, polled that they wanted him to step down. He said that once they find the right person, he will then put this person as CEO and he will step down. Do I believe that? I don't know. What do you think? Who else is like him? You know, know. he's going to have to find like a counterpart and what, Jeff Bezos? (laughs) No. So that's the recent stuff. Let's talk about who the heck Elon is. Sure. So if you are unfamiliar with who Elon Musk is, you've been living under a rock, you've been living on Mars, Mm -hmm. this is for you. Elon Reeve Musk was born on June 28th, 1971 in Pretoria, South Africa. His mother is Mae Musk, a model and dietitian born in Canada and raised in South Africa. His father, his father, I'm getting all Boston on you. His father, Errol Musk, is a South African electromechanical engineer, pilot, sailor, consultant, and property developer who is a half owner of a Zambian emerald mine. Musk has a younger brother, Kimball, and a younger sister, Tosca. Musk's family was wealthy during his youth. His, uh, you think? Yeah. Um, his father was elected to the Pretoria City Council as a representative of the anti-apartheid progressive party with his children sharing their father's dislike of apartheid. After his parents divorced in 1980, Musk mostly lived with his father. Musk later regretted his decision because he had become estranged from his father. In the biography of Musk, Ashley Vance described Musk as an awkward and introverted child. When Musk was age 10, he developed an interest in computing and video games, teaching himself how to program from his Commodore, is it VIC-20, user manual. At age 12, he told his basic-based game, Blastar to PC and Office Technology Magazine for approximately $500. Wow. And during around this time in his childhood, too, he was severely bullied. Severely bullied, and his father was extremely abusive. And if you listen to his father's interviews, the ick vibe is all over the place. He's rude. You can tell he's aggressive. When Musk talks in interviews about his childhood, he's very forthcoming. You can see it on his face about how bad it was. It's not a good childhood. No, there was one where he gets teary-eyed a little bit. I forget. I think it was the Elon Musk show where May was talking about it and Errol told her that they were getting married. 
Yep. It wasn't even really a proposal. She had all these hopes for him to change and he just was abusive from the get-go and abused the kids too. So obviously an abusive situation at home and then going to school, clearly it carried over there and he he was severely beaten down yeah. a flight, like thrown down a flight of stairs or something. Yeah, it's Awful. horrible. And knowing what we know now that he has stated that he has Asperger's syndrome, hmm. it's likely that the other kids are making fun of him for that. When you're different, especially in this time, this era, the 80s, people didn't really, like any slight deviant, like divergent from yep. the natural way of doing things. You're a weirdo, you're a freak, you're a nerd. And bullying and physical violence was commonplace. Yeah. And another thing, you just mentioned Ashley Vance. Ashley Vance is the one who wrote Elon's biography. If you haven't read it yet, get yourself a copy and read it because it holds a special place for me. It's the first place I actually learned about who Elon was. I was going through billionaire biographies at the time and I was like, oh, Elon, I know that he runs Tesla. I don't know much about him. This was a couple years ago. Got the Elon Musk biography from Ashley Vance on Audible. So good. So well written. That's where the majority of this information came from and what I know about Elon and how I found out about Grimes. So thank you, Ashley. Wow, that's like a niche topic to be like, I'm going to read all books about billionaires. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to do that. And honestly, MK, read something about Jeff Bezos because he really sounds like a prick. He looks like Dr. Evil. He does. It looks awful. And I don't know. If you weren't a billionaire, dude, no woman would ever touch you with a 10-foot ball. But... Okay. Moving on. After graduating high school, Elon applied for a Canadian passport through his Canadian-born mother, knowing that it would be easier to immigrate to the United States this way. While waiting for his application to be processed, he attended the University of Pretoria for five months. When he arrived in Canada in June 1989, and he was working odd jobs at a farm and a lumber mill. Can you imagine, can you picture Elon Musk working on a farm? <laughs> Not at all. Physical labor of any kind. Uh, in 1990, he entered Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Two years later, he transferred to the University of Pennsylvania, where he completed studies for a Bachelor of Arts degree in Physics and a Bachelor of Science degree in Economics from the Wharton School in 1995. He reportedly hosted large ticketed house parties to help pay for tuition and wrote a business plan for electronic book scanning service similar to Google Books. Entrepreneurship uh, started early. Um, can you imagine him being a host? Like no. at that age, I mean, maybe now, because he's at all sorts of high level functions at this point. In 1994, Musk held two internships in Silicon Valley, one at the energy storage startup Pinnacle Research Institute, which in investigated electrolytic ultra capacitors <laughs> for energy storage and another at the startup Rocket Science Games. In 1995, he was accepted to the Doctor of Philosophy PhD program in material science at Stanford University. However, Musk decided to join the internet boom instead and applied for a job at Netscape, to which he reportedly never received a response. I bet they regret that now. Yeah. Do you remember Netscape? I was going to ask you the same question. Okay, so I remember hearing about it. I'm a couple years younger than you, so I mm -hmm. think I was, I had whatever came, I guess AOL came after, what, what would have come after that? America Online? Uh, Internet Explorer, I would say, probably. Okay, that's, that's what I remember. What do you remember about Netscape? Wrong. It was like a, it was a browser. It was just a web browser. When I got AOL, it was, I don't know, mid 90s, mm -hmm. mid to late 90s. I had a gateway computer. It was very, 
very chic. Mm-hmm. Um, so Netscape was just like the browser that you could go on. And it was mostly like, what were, what were those called? Like geo sites with like the twinkly. It was basically like MySpace pages. You know, every, every website looked like a MySpace I cross-stitch, okay? Everybody knows that if you're on my page. And grandmothers cross-stitch. And so there's not a lot of modern cross-stitchers. Sometimes when I go to cross-stitch pages, they're still like that. I think they've literally been up since 19, what, 96? They look just like that. And it has this nostalgia about it. That is so funny. You need to modernize the cross-stitching culture. Somebody needs to. So moving on to businesses. Buckle up, everybody. (laughs) Zip2. The company developed an internet city guide with maps, directions, and yellow pages, if you know what that is, (laughs) and marketed it to newspapers with Musk coding the website every night. Did your parents used to get the yellow page? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does that site even exist anymore? I don't know. And I also remember not just the yellow pages, but when I was in middle school, there was a specific kind of dog that I wanted that my parents were going to get for Christmas. I remember going through the newspaper to find this breed of dog and calling the breeder and getting the puppy. We would never do that today. Did you ever get anything from the newspaper or find anything from classifieds in the newspaper? When I first started working as a young teenager, I would circle the jobs open. A lot of them looked shady. They're oh, like yeah. spam jobs even back then. They're like ballet dancer and it's like exotic dancing. And yep. it's like a little ballerina. Yeah. Like, what is that? <laughs> or the um, movie times. The movie times would be in the paper. I checked that the other week. Back to Zip2. Zip2 obtained contracts with the New York Times and the Chicago Tribune. Another company acquired Zip2 for $307 million in cash in February 1999 and Musk received $22 million for his 7% share. That's a lot of money back then. It's a lot of money. That leads to X.com and PayPal. So in 1999, Musk co-founded X.com, an online financial service and email payment company. X.com was one of the first federally insured online banks and over 200,000 customers joined after its initial months of operation. Even though Musk founded the company, investors regarded him as inexperienced and replaced him with CEO Bill Harris by the end of the year. In 2000, X.com merged with online bank Confinity to avoid competition. Musk then returned to CAO of the merged company. With the company suffering from compounding technological issues and the lack of a cohesive business model, the board ousted Musk and replaced him in September 2000. Under the new leadership, the company focused on the money transfer service and was renamed PayPal in 2001. In 2002, PayPal was acquired by eBay for $1.5 billion in stock. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The turbulence of being ousted and back on the board and back, like, you can see in, I, I think it's in the Elon Musk show, which is a really good documentary if you have access to it. I think it's BBC. Mm-hmm. This whole era, he just looks stressed. Yep. All the time. Just nothing but stress and worry and Nobody really knew who he was yet. So it was just, he was very, very anxious. And this, like, the the anxiety and stress kind of carried on for the next decade, mm-hmm. too. He looks exhausted. And I was going to bring this up later, but it's a good time to talk about it now. On one of the Joe Rogan podcasts, Joe makes some flippant comment about being Elon. What's it like being Elon? And Elon gets emotional mm-hmm. and has a little moment to himself where he says, it's just not that great to be me. And if you look back at his history, not just with relationships, 
he's worked his entire life to the bone. Like this person doesn't really take many vacations. He talks about it. He's hated by millions of people. No matter what he does, it's in the press. It's not that fun to be Elon. And I don't know that it ever has been that fun to be Elon. He did two Joe Rogans. I think it's the same one you're referring to. He says, you wouldn't want to be me. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to be me. It's a lot, a lot of responsibility. I have a lot of people that I work with that are younger. Elon does come up. I mean, he just, he's polarizing. He's a polarizing figure. He does come up and there's so much hatred. And I sit down with them and I ask, why? Why do you hate him? A lot of them can't really say what it is which is interesting. It's a it's trend. A, it's like a, it's a trend. It's almost like a, a witch hunt hysteria about him that he hates a certain type of group of people when he's never ever said that he's hated it. He's never said those words. It's just in gray area comments that are taken out of context and put into gospel. It's scary to have something snowball like that completely at you, knowing there's so many people that hate you, but also love you at the same time. It must be overwhelming to experience that. If you look at Twitter, there are so many people, it's cringy the way they suck up to him on Twitter. So if mm. you read some of their tweets, I've watched this over the last couple of weeks, it's almost like they see Elon as a Messiah figure. And the stuff they say to him, and I wonder what it's like to be Elon and think, do I have any real friends? Does he? If I wasn't a billionaire and had a lot of power and a lot of influence, would 98% of these people be around me? If I had to guess, growing up with the upbringing he had and feeling like an outcast, he never really had many friends to begin with. So experiencing all of these people coming at you and wanting to be your friend, he's probably has a guard up at this point and is friendly with certain people, but he's also himself. It's hard for him to have a filter too. Imagine his media training sessions. <laughs> insane and i think this is why i really like seeing him together i think c fits him really well and c understands the part of fame that she really despises mm -hmm. i think they got each other and still do get each other on a very intimate deep level i'm hoping it's just a pr stunt that they aren't together i agree too and you you were talking about earlier i don't know if this was before the podcast or we started it her distaste for the word harem. And I think I have popped around on Reddit. I've I've gotten up on there a couple times. Oh, hey, look at you. Yeah, where people are just like, you know, she's been downgraded in the harem to be uh, like a side chick. Yeah. Not his main woman. That would That would upset me too, you know? And whether that's true or not, it seems to work. I mean, there's obviously a village around those children. It takes a village. Maybe it takes a harem. I don't know. I don't know. But if I saw my ex who I had children with and still cared about as a friend stepping out with some 25-year-old actress, gross. Yeah. I haven't seen them together since. This is that Aussie actress, right? A we saw them flame. twice. Yeah. Saw them at a wedding in France and then stepping out of an airplane and then that's it. Who knows? Being that person, going on a date with somebody who just had a baby, three three babies in one year, yeah. set of twins, and then, yeah, at the end of the year, another baby. Like, he yeah. has all these small children, all of these, like, teenager-grown, young adult children, too. That's a lot of responsibility coming into that. 
significant amount of responsibility. Although, again, it's just speculation. How much time do you actually spend with those kids? Or are you just procreating to procreate? Yeah. I think he does like the idea of having children. I think he cares very much about children. What he said, I don't know the exact wording, but he posted, obviously, anything that endangers a child that's posted on Twitter, any kind of account that does that will not be tolerated. You know, he clearly does love the idea of family, but balancing, and this comes back to the multitasking word, you can multitask with work, possibly, I guess at his level, that's okay to do, but balancing that with family, I don't think he's been able to successfully do that. Not at all. Okay, so now we're moving on to SpaceX. If you want a more in-depth conversation about SpaceX and hear from an actual person who works for NASA, you can go check out our podcast with Dave. Here's just the plain facts. In early 2001, we know that Musk became involved with a nonprofit Mars Society and discussed funding plans to place a growth chamber for plants on Mars at the time. In October of that same year, he traveled to Moscow to buy refurbished intercontinental ballistic missiles that could send the greenhouse payloads into space. However, the group returned to the United States empty-handed. In February of 2002, Elon returned to Russia to look for three ICBMs. They were offered one rocket for $8 million, which Musk at the time then rejected. He instead decided, hey, I'm going to start my own company that could build affordable rockets. With $100 million of his own money, Musk founded SpaceX in May of 2002 and became the company's CEO and chief engineer. Insane. Who says, I'm going to get affordable rockets? Who does that? That's not in my scope of life. If somebody said, okay, this rocket's going to be $8 million, they'd be like, okay, thanks so much. I'm going to go find something else to do with my life. Not Elon Musk. Or like, is that a good price? I don't right. Know. Is that, I don't know. Is that, is that good? I don't know. Sure. I don't know how much a rocket costs. <laughs> SpaceX attempted its first launch of the Falcon 1 rocket in 2006. Though the rocket failed to reach Earth orbit, it was awarded a Commercial Orbital Transportation Services Program contract from NASA. After two more failed attempts that nearly caused Musk and his companies to go bankrupt, SpaceX eventually succeeded in launching the Falcon 1 into orbit in 2008. Later that year, SpaceX received a $1.6 billion contract from NASA for 12 flights of its Falcon 9 rocket and Dragon spacecraft to the International Space Station, replacing the space shuttle after its 2011 retirement. In 2012, the Dragon vehicle docked with ISS, a first for a commercial spacecraft. If you guys want to see more in-depth information about SpaceX and about Elon's reactions to all of these failed launches and eventual successful launches... There's really great documentaries on Netflix specifically talk about the journey into space and show an up close look into what Musk went through emotionally during that time. Have you seen those documentaries? Yes. There's also the one that came out during the pandemic where it's the civilians who launch into space yep. and how they were selected. And he's not in it through the whole thing, but he's peppered throughout it and it, it, that was fascinating. And I'm not the type of person that cries through movies or feels emotional. I felt emotional watching those, like watching him and his engineers, everything you've poured into this one project, hours and years and months of, of just trying again and again and again and seeing something fail or succeed. I cry very easily at things, so, <laughs> but I did cry at that too. <laughs> Get so teary eyed. Emotional. 
Almost not. Working towards its goal of reusable rockets, in 2015, SpaceX successfully landed the first stage of Falcon 9 on an inland platform. Later landings were achieved on autonomous spaceport drone ships and ocean-based recovery platform. In 2018, SpaceX launched the Falcon Heavy. The inaugural mission carried Musk's personal Tesla Roadster as a dummy payload. Since 2019, SpaceX has been developing Starship, a fully reusable super heavy lift launch vehicle intended to replace the Falcon 9 and the Falcon Heavy. In 2020, uh, SpaceX launched its first crewed flight, the Demo 2, becoming the first private company to place astronauts into orbit and dock a crewed spacecraft with the ISS. This is part of why I don't understand why it's such a trend to hate Elon. I understand the the trend now is eat the rich. We wouldn't have reusable spacecraft right now being developed if it wasn't for Elon Musk. That's not to say another company wouldn't have done it eventually. That's cool. Yeah. It's hard to deny what he's giving to the world. He's a polarizing person. He's on a huge platform. He's, you know, taking over Twitter, I think, really took it to the next level. You know, maybe dial back on some of the tweets. I don't know. Maybe. Stop Maybe workshop them. Tweeting <laughs> and stop tweeting about pronouns. You're pissing everyone off. I just need somebody to take his phone away for a little bit. And don't tweet about stuff that's not related to, I don't know, your business stuff. Stop doing it. Yeah, posting about whether or not you should be the CEO of a company. Like he knows the lengths, the business deals, the contracts, how long it takes things from a business perspective. And taking it on a platform for people to just poll about it, I don't necessarily agree with that. It dumbs it down. It makes it not, you know, as professional. It's Or talking about the employees having to work harder. People don't have the same kind of mindset. They want to balance with their family. They want to be able to do other things in their life that make them happy. They're, everybody is not all in with their career. And I think that's fair criticism that I've heard. Expecting an employee to be at work for more than eight hours a day and not have breaks throughout the day and be so dedicated to their career that they're like Elon, where they go all in and it's disruptive to their life. I wouldn't work for you. There's no way I would work for you. I remember hearing, this is before Twitter, uh, people working at Tesla, they would get emails from him all hours of the night you know, and diverting and taking things to a different direction on the whim. He operates differently. He operates differently. And I think you have to be a special kind of person, which obviously he has those people that are his right hands at Tesla and at SpaceX to work with that type of individual as a boss who work well with that. I will say, though, how he finds people is interesting to, for like employee wise, because he doesn't he doesn't care what school you went to. Mm -hmm. If you can bring it and know what you're doing and have innovative ideas, he's willing to take a chance on you. Mm -hmm. And I think that says a lot, especially coming from a type A person who expects perfection to give people an opportunity that they may not otherwise have been given. Absolutely. And I also agree with what he says. As somebody that has a master's degree and values my master's degree, he talks about how higher education just not worth it in a lot of cases and I for my career I had to have the master's degree to be able to do what I do my degree had a very strong set of skills that I had to have that was taught in that program college is not not everything and I like that Elon values that I agree I I mean I still am in mounds of student loan debt my husband has a master's degree I have a bachelor's degree and I've always wanted to go back to school but it's always kind of changed 
on what I'd want to go back for because I need it to do something. <laughs> I like that he values that. I also know that he sends his kids to a very specific school that he created, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that's a good idea. Are there other children at this school as well? Is it only his children and maybe family? I can't tell. I would totally send my kid to the Elon Musk school. Be like, all right, go learn how to build a rocket. Oh, I, I think know. it's totally like hybrid learning and not just you're sitting in a classroom. Yeah, I bet it's great. hours at a time. I bet it is great. You're learning by doing. Not to pivot too much, but my, my son was homeschooled and now he's in actual school. And it's been a learning curve for him, the strictness of it. Not to say that he, you know, he just has a different way of learning. Yep. And it's been very tough to get him to fit into that square peg. Yep. And all schools are pretty much like that. And it's a wonderful school and the teachers care, but they have a certain way of doing things. Yep. And testing. And it's been a rough road. So I think having your own type of school where people can learn how they are supposed to learn is great. Fantastic. That leads us yeah. to the Tesla company. Tesla was incorporated in 2003. Musk took an active role within the company and oversaw Roadster product design, but was not deeply involved in day-to-day -day business operations. Following a series of escalating conflicts in 2007 and the 2008 financial crisis, Musk assumed leadership of the company as CEO and product architect in 2008. As of 2019, Musk was the longest tenured CEO of any automobile manufacturer globally. In 2021, Musk nominally changed his title to Techno King uh, while retaining his position as CEO. That's the part in the documentary that really like gave me a stomach ache. The 2008 <laughs> financial crisis, just yeah. him not knowing how the stock would fall and he like sweating. I don't know if he was pulling his hair out. <laughs> during this time. Tesla first built an electric sports car, the Roadster, in 2008. With sales of about 2,500 vehicles, it was the first serial production all-electric car to use lithium-ion battery cells. Tesla began delivery of its four-door model S sedan in 2012. A crossover, the Model X, was launched in 2015 and the Model 3 was released in 2017. X is everywhere, huh? X.com, Model X... Which is so ironic considering how Faxa and Grimes making that comment in the interview about how she was really into exes at the time. Well, aren't you both? Such an odd fascination <laughs> that an obsession that they both had randomly predating their relationship. Yep. Okay, so the Model 3 is the all-time best-selling plug-in electric car worldwide. And in June 2012, it became the first electric car to sell 1 million units globally. A fifth vehicle, the Model Y... <laughs> Crossover was launched in 2020. The Cybertruck, an all-electric pickup truck, was unveiled in 2019. Tesla has also constructed multiple lithium-ion battery and electric vehicle factories, named Gigafactories. In 2012, Musk unveiled a robot developed by Tesla, Optimus. Yeah, that was a whole thing. Did you watch clips of that unveiling? Yes. <laughs> I watch all of Elon's unveilings and speeches live usually they happen about 9 p.m my time one he's always late two the spacex ones tend to be really cool then you have ones like optimus where you're like what it just took two people to drag this hunk of metal on stage okay yeah i will say that the tesla ones spacex is cool 
but the Tesla ones are very fantastical and like the, the effects and the lighting and everything is great. I loved the Cyber Girl. Was that yes. the cyber, with the Cyber Truck? Yeah, that it may have been cute. this with the Cyber. Yeah, Elon's dancing, guys. If you haven't seen it, you need to YouTube it. And typically, because these events happen at 9 p.m., because I am a grown adult lady. I am not joking when I say that I don't function after about 7.30 p.m. And by that, I mean, I'm such a severe introvert. I don't really talk to many people after 7 p.m. I'm in bed at 9. Whether I fall asleep or not, that's debatable. So usually when I'm watching his stuff, I'm already fed up that he's late. And I'm already in a bad mood because I'm sleepy. And I never make it through the whole speech. I fall asleep at some point during the presentation. So it's always an experience. Enjoy these experiences with me. Should you want to, we should start a group chat during these. Well, that would be awesome. But by the way, you are the most extroverted introvert. I thought I was an extrovert for a long time until my best friend in grad school was like, hey, Jen, you realize that you're an introvert. You prefer to be by yourself and you get a lot of recharge by yourself. I that had not occurred to me. I think I'm very specific about what people I'm extroverted with, maybe. I guess that's true. You're a selective uh, extrovert with mostly introverted tendencies. There you go. Yeah. I don't know what I am. I'm an introvert, I guess. Anyhow, on to Neuralink. In 2016, Musk co-founded Neuralink, a neurotechnology startup company. Neuralink aims to integrate the human brain with artificial intelligence by creating devices that are embedded in the brain to facilitate its merging with machines. The company also hopes to develop devices with which to treat neurological conditions, such as Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and spinal cord injuries. Neuralink has conducted animal testing on monkeys. In 2021, the company released a video in which a monkey played the video game Pong via a Neuralink implant. The company's animal trials, which have caused the deaths of some monkeys, have led to claims of animal cruelty. In 2012, Neuralink announced the clinical trials would begin by the end of the year. How do you feel about this? That's 2022. What did I say? 2012. Oh. Letting the people know it's 2022. <laughs> they haven't actually already completed this yet. I watched the most recent presentation about Neuralink and it didn't have me convinced. Mm-hmm. I also think it's kind of sketch that Elon's like, yeah, I'm going to put one in my kid. Which yeah. kid? Which kid's the, <laughs> is it going to be X? It's going to be X. I just, it's not even the animal component. It's just treating conditions with an implant, not having long testing with it to to see what it does having a foreign object implanted in your body to mitigate certain conditions is concerning to me i don't even like the idea of the birth control that goes in the arm i was literally gonna say that and or the nuva ring like nope. anything you're shoving in Mm-mm. an orifice an organ Mm-mm. i just it's it makes me a bit cautious and it does remind me of a little bit of the ecto life going on too, where the the artificial wombs um, looks very much like the matrix. I don't know that we're ever going to do away with human pregnancy. Elon, and I hear some statements from Claire specifically, Claire's situation is a little bit different because she had a very traumatic pregnancy and a friend died during labor or afterwards. I don't remember. But I don't think we're ever going to do away with human pregnancy because women want to be pregnant. Like there is an innate desire in some women, I should say, sorry, to want to be pregnant and to produce life. And I just don't think you can fully do away with that, even with the risk. Even women that don't necessarily at first want to be pregnant, but do want a family and they happen to get pregnant and will produce life based on that. I think that's 
how life is supposed to work. That's yeah. the natural order of things. Yeah, I can't get behind this whole artificial womb thing. I can't do it. Adopt a child. You know? Thank you. There's plenty of children out there that are deserving of homes that need homes. Thank you. This really bothers me this whole weekend. Manufacture little humans when really little humans come out of a relationship. That's part of how this works. They come out of a relationship. People are going to disagree with us so bad on this episode. Oh, Sorry, guys. So divisive. But yeah, adopt a kid. Foster a kid. I just don't understand this whole let's create new humans in a lab thing. Like you said, there are people that really want to be pregnant and carry their own child. That's why there's IVF. Yes. That's why there's sperm donors. But I think creating a baby in a Petri dish, you know, I know obviously it's more than that, but doing that, something about it is very unnatural. And what if we saw more genetic problems based on that? What if somehow it impacted crime? You know, like it's just the the possibilities could spiral. Are they really human? Yes. And I agree with you. I think IVF is totally different than what we're talking about, just to be clear with everybody. We're talking about the little, you have a plastic womb and there's thousands of babies in this one room being grown. That that feels very gross to me. There's no involvement of a parent. They're being artificially soothed in the womb. That's so weird. By an actual human. I will say this. I don't know much about what the process is aside from the teaser video that I saw. So I could be totally wrong, but it just doesn't feel natural. It feels, and they say that you can have the genetic, your genetics in this baby too, which I don't. Man, and that gets into so many other topics about eugenics and about creating a very specific kind of baby. Mm-hmm. What you want your baby to look like and what it's going to be like versus what gender. I feel very uncomfortable with that. As someone who has two kids, I never cared necessarily what the gender was, but I and I have two boys. So, you know, sometimes people are like, do you want to try and have a girl? And we think about it sometimes, but I don't put that pressure on myself to procreate to have a certain gender because there's no control there you have no control zero control what they're going to be having like my youngest son is autistic there were no signs during my pregnancy that he was going to be autistic but the universe made him the way he is and if i could go back and control whether or not he would have that diagnosis i would not change a thing that's who he is it's part of his identity And I agree with that. And I think something that's very controversial and divisive is saying, hey, we're now going to do away with autism or Down syndrome. Whereas that sounds really great in theory, that then discounts these individuals that we have as less than human. Yeah. And I have a really big issue with that. Yeah. My youngest son's teacher. He says, I think he said it accidentally. He was like, oh, the regular kindergarten class. And I was like, excuse me? What what is your definition of right? I know it was like an innocent yeah. comment because how do you oh that kindergarten class and our kindergarten class? I think it should be overall neurodivergent class, atypical class. Like assign words like that. There are you can put things in boxes that do make sense. Not everything has to be in a box. It would help these people aren't regular and these people are regular. You know, this just rubbed me the wrong way because what is normal? What is regular? And having artificial wombs potentially dictate what the most important traits are 
and personality types are for our future generations is concerning. That's extremely concerning to me. So I, I can't get behind that. There's that. Okay, personal life. Oh boy, this is the part that we really Juicy. want to talk about. So good. So from the early 2000s until late 2020, Musk resided in California where both Tesla and SpaceX were founded. In 2020, he moved to Texas, stating that California had become complacent about its economic success. While hosting Saturday Night Live in May of 2021, Musk stated that he has Asperger's syndrome. And I love that he was so open about that because I think that opened the doors for other people to say, it's okay for me to be open about this. Look how successful Elon Musk is. It is okay that I am neurodivergent. Yeah, I thought that was great. And that he's he wasn't afraid to talk about it. Musk met his first wife, Canadian Justine Wilson, while attending Queen's University, and they married in 2000. In 2002, their first child died of sudden infant death syndrome at the age of 10 weeks, which he recently tweeted about to make a point. And then Justine came right back at him and said that what he tweeted about his deceased child was not actually true. Justine has a lot to say on Twitter, which I can't imagine having lived with, with Musk and his now five kids for this many years, what that's like for her. What did he say happened that didn't happen? He said that he held his child as the child died. Oh, okay. I saw that, but I and didn't realize that wasn't true. Justine came back with, that is absolutely not what happened. And she gave uh, some more detail on that. Again, who knows who's telling the truth? It just looks bad. All of it looks bad. And it looked bad to me that Musk was trying to make a point about something by using that situation and didn't really fully fit on the situation. Anyway, personal opinions. After the child's death, the couple decided to use IVF and had twins in 2004, followed by triplets in 2006. And the couple ended up divorcing in 2008. In 2022, one of the twins officially changed her name to reflect her gender identity and to use Wilson as her last name, Justine's last name, because the child no longer wished to be associated with Musk and was very public about that, about not wanting to be associated with Elon at all. This is also controversial because Elon has made uh, multiple comments on Twitter and continues to probably like today. I know I've seen some this week about pronouns and I'm just curious how how that works between him and this child. Yeah, I think for older generations, I, I wouldn't consider myself totally old, but I do understand as as you do people age and they don't understand the younger generations right sure. it's it's happened every generation it happens to everyone where there's just a disparity and not understanding because the world changes yeah and i think it's very hard for some people to accept the pronoun thing because it's changing length it's not just changing the world and how you can identify it's changing language because your own child has decided to transition, maybe don't freaking tweet about it. Don't tweet about it and acknowledge that you have your own issues with your father. He clearly has issues with his own father. And that must be a sore spot to have an issue with one of his children. Yeah, family therapy with them <laughs> must be. Oh boy. A circus. In October, 2022 interview with FT.com, Musk blamed the estrangement of his daughter on what the Financial Times characterized as, quote, the supposed takeover of elite schools and universities by neo-Marxists. Which makes sense based on what Elon's been tweeting recently with his uh, politics. He's recently become very open politically about his beliefs. In 2008, Musk began dating actress Tallulah Riley. They married in 2010, and in 2012, the couple divorced before remarrying the following year. So you heard that right. They divorced and they got remarried. 
And she looks like a lovely person, by the way. She's in that BBC documentary. Uh, I've read other things about her and she looked like she genuinely cared about Elon. Oh, for sure. And uh, I love that that moment where she's like on the red carpet and he's holding the umbrella for her. <laughs> and she's like, nobody knew who he was at the time and not no shade to him. Mm-hmm. But it was like she was the, the successful one. Yeah. And was with him. And they seemed like they had a genuinely loving relationship we didn't really i mean i didn't see too much with justine and elon aside from her ted talk about him you know being with somebody like him i don't know if their relationship was very like tallulah and elon's i think tallulah and elon were a good match i think so too and she was very respectful of him in that documentary it looked very genuine we're talking about the bbc documentary you guys the elon musk show and it, it seemed like she really helped raise the five kids when they were young. It seemed like she was tasked with that pretty often and took that on. So, okay. They ended up finalizing their second divorce in 2016. And then Musk dated the lovely, stunning, just purely innocent, great character, Amber Heard for several months in 2017. Oh, oh man. The I worst. Don't, I- I don't get that aside from her just being hot. And they don't even look good together. They look weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was just in his, I'm going to date whoever this hot actress is. And you know what? I think you can't really fault him for doing that. Because most billionaire men about town who can pick whoever their partner is, they're going to either pick a hot model or a hot actress. Yeah, why not? Right? Why not? And it's technically true with Tallulah. She was a hot actress at the time. Yeah, but she seemed like a genuinely nice person, though. Musk was later accused by Johnny Depp of having an affair with Amber Heard while she was still married to Depp, but Musk and Heard have both denied the affair, although we don't put any credence into what Amber Heard says. In 2018, here we go. Musk and Canadian musician Grimes revealed that they were dating and Grimes gave birth to their son in May of 2020. The child was named XAEA12 Musk with X as a first name, AEA12 as a middle name and Musk as a surname. I remember when baby X was born, I had no idea who Grimes was at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember reading the headline and saying, it is yeah. a joke that they named their child that. I did not think it was real. I thought it was a publicity stunt. Yeah, I saw, I think the first, one of the first things I even heard about Grimes was the announcement of the birth and him holding the baby and then a picture of the baby with like the the tattoos yes <laughs> yes the the filter or whatever yeah and i know she talks about while she's pregnant she does a live with hana and she talks about how she's not going to disclose the name cuz she knows that everybody's going to hate it she talks about how she told somebody and they were like really you knew it was going to be controversial and you went forward with it now i feel like i've heard it so much that it's very normalized for me it's like oh yeah baby x the state of california had them change it yeah they they couldn't use those characters it was like a legal name <laughs> they had to change their birth certificate and i couldn't pronounce it for the longest time and i think i read so many articles that explained how to pronounce it over time that then it just became easy to say the name mm-hmm In December of 2021, we remember when the Vanity Fair article dropped. Grimes and Musk had a second child. This was a daughter who, as of now, is named Exadark Sidrail Musk, nicknamed Y, born via surrogacy. However, we've heard from Claire that she is willing to change the child's name and has called her stuff like Sailor Mars, among other names. So I don't know that they've officially settled on that name, but who knows? Like, you know, it, it might it, it might be nice to select something soon. 
just one just settle on one the baby Maybe is two. the baby's one now yep yeah she looked pretty big in that the the photo she posted so cute like a little chunky cute she baby like headband it was so cute there's a cute it baby looked like the headband that she was wearing during art angels almost. it did a little and- bow I respect fully Grimes' desire to keep her children private, and I applaud her for doing that and not exploiting her children, and I really want to see that baby. <laughs> I know, and we want to see the baby because we think she's cute and we, we're happy for Grimes. We're not, but we understand that not all people are mentally well, and yeah. I just started sharing more of my kids. It's hard because you're like, who is going to have access to this? What kind of creepo is going to be looking at my page to look at my kids? You have yeah. to think about things like that. And you're like, I don't want my kids to sue me when I'm an adult. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? And if you, you guys want further information on the exploitation of children and family vlogs, check out Dad Challenge podcast on YouTube. He shows why each of these vlogs is so detrimental to the kids and why these kids will grow up hating their parents. Okay, despite the pregnancy, Musk confirmed reports the couple were semi-separated in September of 2021. In an interview, uh, in an interview with Time in December of 2021, he said he was single. In March of 2022, Grimes said, "I would probably refer to him as my boyfriend, but we're very fluid." Later that month, Grimes tweeted that she and Musk had broken up again, but remained on good terms. And in July of 2022, Insider published court documents revealing that Musk had had twins with Siobhan Zillis director of operations and special projects at Neuralink in November of 2021. They were born weeks before Musk and Grimes had their second child via surrogacy in December. Oh, like it's so weird. Was the special project having his children? Is that on her list of tasks? And then everybody speculated so much and we still speculate. Was this, this had to be something Claire knew about, but then everybody's like, oh, Elon tweet or Elon um, cheated. I don't think he cheated it's still weird that she knew about it and they just moved forward i think like she said they are fluid but when it happens when you're fluid and you get somebody else pregnant that certainly can change things and changes that you know i i don't know if you're familiar with wendy williams mm-hmm. like her husband was known as a serial cheater mm-hmm. and and then got somebody pregnant and she was like you know what we're done now this had to have been planned. I don't think this was an accidental pregnancy. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that we, I mean, we wouldn't have any insight that they actually had a relationship. You know, they just seem like business, you know, colleagues. They do. And what's so fascinating and annoying at times about the human brain is that we automatically fill in the blanks. So we mm-hmm. make assumptions. That's what's rational for our brain to do when we don't have information. So everybody yeah. in the Grimes community made a lot of assumptions because there's no information. And they are public figures. They don't owe us no. an explanation. It Not at all. It just causes you to automatically think that something went awry, I guess. I don't know. He did tweet about it, obviously, because the birth certificate was leaked that she changed the name to Musk. I think that's how it became... Oh, yeah. Public knowledge because she wanted to change the name to Musk after, I don't know, six, seven months of them being born or something. Uh, What prompted that? Who knows? But him making a comment that was like almost, you know, aligned with how Nick Cannon is procreating, like spreading the seed everywhere. When I think about Nick Cannon and Elon's day to day, like with the amount of children that are just spread out everywhere, that gives me anxiety. (laughs) 
It gives me anxiety. And that's also why I do not think he's involved in his children's lives. Considering he works 24 seven, you can't dedicate the time that I believe professionally a child needs yeah. from a parent per yeah. child. And they're going to, he's going to disagree with that. To play devil's advocate, Claire did say that she, she wants her son to be in more of those meetings, like business meetings, and to normalize bringing children into work atmospheres, which I don't necessarily disagree with that. You know, I think not putting the pressure on them to, to be a certain way is one thing, but to, to give them an opportunity and kids an opportunity to see what real business looks like as an experience, maybe not as, two, as a two-year-old, maybe, you know, when you're a little bit older to kind of shadow an adult and see what the inner workings are like. I think I would have grossly benefited from having opportunities like that outside of internships in my young adult life. I disagree with Claire that children should be in the work environment because imagine your friend who has unruly kids bringing her kids into work. <laughs> I would scream. I hate it when people bring their kids to like Zoom meetings. I hate it. And they like pay attention to them the whole time. No, we're at work. Be at work. However, as a teenager, I would have really benefited from being able to see different career options versus mm -hmm. being told about them. And yeah. then you turn 18 and people are like, okay, go to college and figure out what you want to do. Like, it's so strange. That's a lot of pressure. You know, when you're still a more or less a child trying to figure that out. I think in controlled atmospheres where children are brought into certain settings, set up to peer mentor, you know, like mentor them, they can shadow certain people. I think that's okay. But bringing them to a regular board meeting with that not being the intention of including the children, that might be a little distracting for people. I agree with you. For sure. And there's a lot of adult settings that children just don't need to be privy to where there's adult conversation. I don't know. I, I get her point with this. I love that Claire thinks outside the box. She certainly does. All right, so moving on to Twitter. Musk expressed interest in buying Twitter as early as 2017. In January 2022, uh, Musk started purchasing Twitter shares, reaching a 5% stake in the company in March. By April, he owned a 9% stake, making him the largest shareholder. Musk purchased Twitter for $44 billion, with the process beginning in April 14, 2012, and concluded on October 27, 2022. I can't believe it's been that short of amount of time. It feels like this saga has been going on much longer yep. than only, I don't know, six months. Yep. That's crazy. I it's thought crazy. it felt longer. It did. Alrighty. So immediately after the acquisition, Musk fired top Twitter executives, including the CEO. He quickly instituted an $8 monthly subscription for a blue check and laid off a significant portion of the company's staff. Previously, the company verified celebrities, politicians, journalists, and prominent figures on a case-by-case -case basis in an effort to prevent impersonation. To address imposters, Musk says the site will permanently suspend users who attempt to impersonate others unless the account is clearly marked as a parody. November 10th, a flood of fake accounts impersonating public figures and brands on Twitter after the launch of paid verification badges prompts the company to reinstate a second layer of official tags. Imposter accounts posed as a slew of well-known people and companies, including basketball star LeBron James, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, that's just funny to me, <laughs> gaming company Nintendo of America, and even Tesla, the electric vehicle maker run by Twitter's owner Musk. 
According to Time, in November, hundreds of Twitter employees resigned after Elon gave them a deadline to decide whether to leave or stay. So many workers chose to depart that Twitter users began questioning whether the site would survive, tweeting farewell messages to the service and, and turning hashtags like Twitter migration and hashtag Twitter takeover into trending topics. I remember when this went down two weeks ago because I legitimately thought that Twitter was going under based on how many people quit. And I was expecting to wake up the next morning and see that my account had just been deleted because everybody had moved out. I think it's interesting because if you're going to leave, leave, in my opinion, leave. Don't you're you're still feeding into it if you're continuing to just sit on it and complain. I don't understand people that do that. And my own husband does it, and it drives me up the freaking wall. He has, like, burner accounts where he'll, like, call out somebody, and I can tell. He'll be like, like, his, and I'm like, are you trolling right now? Are you in a troll mode? What's happening? And it's all about movies, right? Like, and it's never anything super serious. And I'm like, what are you doing? I just, I can't get behind that. And I think that's my whole hesitation with social media in general. The attack on other people, see it more on Twitter than any other platform. If you don't agree with him and you want to leave, do you need a grandiose announcement saying, I'm going to leave? Twitter is not an airport. You don't need to announce your departure. And that's true with... (laughs) with like politics so if you live in the united states and i'm sure this happens in other countries even like people in my own friend group they'll be like if so and so gets elected i don't want to be here anymore i'm moving i'm like then do it freaking do it i don't care whether you're on my side or not if you don't like it that's the freedom of the americas move (laughs) yeah do you know how many of my friends were like i'm moving to canada and i'm like bye yay well you're still here (laughs) All right, guys, that, I think, summarizes Elon Musk pretty well. We did our best. We did our best. It's hard to summarize so much information into an hour of a podcast episode. Guys, stay tuned. We're uh, going to bring you more content. We appreciate you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.